Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello, everybody. Paul Gray here. Thanks so much for joining me again. You know, everybody loves a good mystery, whether it's a book or a movie or a TV show or a stage production. I read a couple of mysteries this week. One was Summer at Eagle Crest Drive by my Facebook friend, Carla Wicks. She's from my hometown here of Lawrence, and she now lives in Texas. And it's a great mystery, Summer at Eagle Crest Drive. And it has kind of one of those cliffhanger endings that leads you into the next mystery. I also read another mystery this week by Paul Young and Brad Jerzak called The Pastor. It's a, boy, a very different kind of book that has helped me immensely. I wasn't sure that it would when I was getting into it. Mysteries. It's kind of like our relationship with God. Mysteries are things that have been kept secret, but they're now being revealed. God is a mystery to be explored, not a puzzle to be solved, as my friend Steve McVeigh says. Steve's done a great series of teaching recently on the 10 characteristics of mystics and talking about mysteries in the Bible. And I'm drawing from that in the next few messages, things that I'm going to be sharing with you. Everybody loves to try to solve a mystery before they get to the end of the story, to try to figure it out. But God is not something to be solved, not someone to get all the information about, all the pieces to the puzzle, and then put them together so you can know for sure what the big picture is. See, religion, of course, tries to do that. I wonder how many millions of books, how many volumes of systematic theology, and boy, I had volumes of them, which I got rid of. I wonder how many of them have been written in attempts to figure God out. But God's a mystery to be explored, not a puzzle to be solved. Some people, many of you like me, have moved or were in the process of moving from a dualistic mindset of us being here and trying to figure God out, God who's somewhere out there. trying to We've moved away from trying to look outside of ourselves to solve the puzzle of God out there somewhere, and we've moved from that to looking inside and just exploring the mystery of God with God. People who make that move into progressive revelation are sometimes called mystics, M-Y-S-T-I-C-S. They've learned that you can't get to your own home by following someone else's driveway. You can't get to your own home by following someone else's driveway. A mystic is a person who enters into mystery. They push in to understand spiritual truth to the experiential level. And having experienced that truth, they are 
transformed. They're open to seeing things that they never saw before. Now, contrast that with religion. In religion, you get significance and value and accolades and promotion for buying into the party line fully, staying inside of the box, and never questioning anything. Having a mystical mindset is totally the opposite of that. Steve McVeigh just finished this series of teaching in his Quantum Spirituality, where he discussed 10 observations that he's made about mystics. So during the next 10 weeks, we're going to look at those, and we're going to look at the great mysteries that the Holy Spirit of Christ, the teacher in us, started revealing to people 2,000 years ago and is continually revealing to us today. To those who listen and hear with their hearts, their spirits, not their minds. Now, in addition to looking at the things that I've learned from Steve, we're also going to include some great insights from my Canadian friend, Ron Wright, who is a self-described ontological mystic. We're also going to learn some things from Richard Rohr, who writes a lot about mystics and mysticism. And I'm going to be sharing things that I've learned from them, from Richard Rohr and his staff, and from Steve and from Ron, and things that the Holy Spirit is revealing to me. The first observation that Steve makes about mystics is they value experience over dogma and doctrine. Let that sink in. Mystics tend to value experience over dogma and doctrine. Now, many of you, like me, had some experience in religion where you were taught that having the right doctrine, sound doctrine, the right set of beliefs, the correct systematic theology was all important and non-negotiable. You had to have that over everything else or you weren't right with God. You were missing the whole ballgame. People in over 40,000 Christian denominations have each come up with their concept of absolute truth or sound doctrine. And they have said and taught that anything that differed from that was destructive and just a myth, a fairy tale. That's part of why the terms mystics and mystical have seemed to be scary words to religious folks. Religion would tell you, be careful, don't quiet your mind and try to listen to God inside because you're going to open yourselves up to hearing from demons and evil spirits and all sorts of new age things. Well, this whole teaching, I believe, in part comes from a misunderstanding of what Paul wrote to his young understudy Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 and 4. First, I'm going to read you the amplified version. Paul says, the time is coming when people will not tolerate or endure sound doctrine and wholesome instruction, but having ears that are itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather themselves to one teacher after another to a considerable number. Those teachers are chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors that they hold. And they will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. The Passion Translation offers a much different take on those two verses, a much more accurate take, I believe. Passion says it this way, Paul speaking to Timothy, For the time is coming when people will no longer listen and respond to the healing words of truth, 
because they will become selfish and proud. They will seek out teachers with soothing words that line up with their desires, saying just what they want to hear. They will close their ears to the truth and believe nothing but fables and myths. And Brian Simmons, the Passion Translator, has a very important footnote after the English word myth. He says the Aramaic means ritualistic ceremonies. Interesting. Now, I've come to understand this means that religious folks, and religious folks aren't bad. They've just been taught and still believe Adam's false, angry, religious God's concept of God in themselves. I've come to understand that this means that religious folks want to hear what they've always been taught about Adam's dark, religious, punitive, religious God, rather than hearing the words of truth. Folks, if I just taught what people want to hear, I would teach law and legalism and an angry, punitive, vindictive God, because people have heard that and believe that, and that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear that God is pure love and light and goodness and grace and peace and joy and has forgiven and included everyone. They've been deceived by the slanderer to call good evil and evil good. And as a result, they're living in the woe of falling short of experiencing Jesus' abundant life of pure light and love with no trace of darkness. See, when you or I or anyone closes our heart, our spirit, to the mysteries that the Holy Spirit of God is continually revealing to us, if we close our hearts because we put our concept of God into a small, impenetrable religious box— we miss out on real life. Such a person values dogma and doctrine over experience, personal experience with the only true God who is pure love and pure light with no trace of darkness. Now, a mystic, however, has left that prison of darkness and has been made free by Jesus to enjoy and experience oneness and union, deeply personal relationship with Jesus, Papa, and the Holy Spirit, completely apart from and without dogma and doctrine and ritualistic ceremonies. Now, that doesn't mean that you will necessarily shut out and never partake in things like communion or praise and worship, things like that. It does mean you will always be open to what the teacher in you is showing you about those things, and at any given moment, you will just completely let go of the religious mindset that you must do those things in the right way, at the right time and place for the right reasons, or God's going to get you. Big difference. See, I think we need to continually do what Jesus did on earth. Only say and do what, in his case, God the Father told him to say and do. And in our case, to only say and do what Jesus in us tells us to say and do, regardless of what religion may have taught us. For us, that means saying and doing what Christ in you, the hope of glory says. That means you hear from God, which is what mystics do. To only say and do what Christ tells you, you got to hear from Christ, right? Now, I'm not talking about written words about God. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, the teacher, Jesus, in you. Colossians 1, 26 and 27. 
The Passion says, Paul is writing here, there is a divine mystery, a divine mystery, a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations, but now it's being revealed, unfolded, and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Here's the mystery. Living within you is the Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. Glory comes from the Greek word doxo, which means opinion. God's glory is God's opinion of you and our opinion of God. goes on to say, this mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for God's people. And God wants everyone to know this because everyone are his people. He's the father of all. Christ in us is continually revealing and unfolding and manifesting divine mysteries, which are like a heavenly treasure chest of hope. Mystics are those who tune into and hear what Christ is revealing, and those who give value and credibility to those experiences of revelation over religious dogma and doctrines. Now, I want to finish today with some thoughts from Ron Wright, an ontological mystic. That's what he calls himself. I'm paraphrasing here. He says, essentially, ontology is the study of our being, the essence of being, the constituents of what makes us conscious and aware. Ontological mysticism is investigating the mystery of our being as it exists in, with, through, and by God. In other words, it's seeing ourselves as in union with God in Christ. The best scriptural reference would be 1 Corinthians 6.17, where Paul says, We are one spirit with Jesus. Ron goes on to say, So we can't find our true selves anywhere outside of Christ, nor him anywhere outside of our spirit. This is ontological mysticism. It's like the Trinity, one God and three expressions. So we are one unity of Christ in us and us in Christ. They can't be separated, just like you can't take wet out of water. You can't take Christ out of our I. They are inseparable and of one essence and one life. Ontological mysticism boldly affirms that union with Christ is an end to duality of being. There is no him and us, us here and him out there somewhere. There is only us, him as us. He says the challenge with many spiritual communities today is they are striving to find unity among people of a wide variety of ethnicity and values through outer things like belief, doctrine, ritual, and mission. The truth is oneness, oneness, unity, is an inside job. Until people go inside with spiritual awareness and find there a dissolution of their own ego, along with its dualistic black-and-white notions, and go deeper yet to discover their own union with that one life in which all things lovingly subsist, unity will never be achieved. No grand mission statement, 
church constitution, set of perfect doctrines, or passionate mission can achieve unity. Only a union in life, capital L, can, because life is already one, capital O. He says, ethnic diversity can never be brought to oneness until we see that the soul has no skin color, no ethnicity, no cultural impetus. These things have been scripted by life in this world. But the soul belongs to the realm of life with God as its only source, expression, and conclusion. Oneness can never be the product of anything less than the life of God himself. And the life of God himself, it can never be reached cognitively with agreement over doctrine. Listen to that now. Oneness can never be the product of anything less than the life of God himself. Oneness can never be reached cognitively in our minds with agreement over doctrine. The path to oneness is through the absolute abandonment of the ego's fictitious narrative of separateness and instead being absorbed into the divine oneness. He says the best way to truly help people in the inward path to oneness is to point to them the great reality within their own experience. As long as people set out on a spiritual path being given a set of instructions, teachings, and doctrines, without pointing to direct experience of communion with God, the journey will never go inward to truth but it'll stay outward in compliance to someone else's vision. And he says, you can't get to your own home following someone else's driveway. It's not outer compliance, but inner reliance that awakens the spirit to the truth that lays at the heart of each individual's life. What is discovered there is the same reality the same dynamic presence that is extraordinarily loving and good and wise and true within all people. The only unity that lasts is a unity of life, capital L, and Christ is our life. Ron says, just ask your body. It's the one life within your body that keeps all the various parts and systems and organs and functions and cells all working in unity within the one dynamic of their shared life. When we understand, when we understand that the universe is just one indivisible, impartial, unified, and inseparable life personally localized in each one of us as its own loving embodiment, Union canon will reign as a foretaste of paradise. Embrace mystery. Experience mystery. This is um, a little different than what we normally hear from somebody. This whole experience, I'm learning experience, not head knowledge. This knowing, not knowing by head knowledge, but experientially, personally knowing the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and ourselves as one is a mystery. And God wants us to embrace that mystery and experience it. So I'm asking myself these days, and I want to encourage you to ask yourself, do I value experience? Do I value what I see and hear from Christ in me? Do I value that? Do I set that over and above and trumping all 
doctrine and dogma that I've believed from religion? Or do I value most what other people have told me is correct doctrine, sound doctrine, and absolute truth? That's a question that we all have to ask ourselves. I'm doing that every day these days, and I encourage you to as well. For the next nine weeks, we're going to continue exploring mystery, the mystery of Christ in us, the hope of glory. I look forward to sharing with you things that God has been revealing to me, and I look forward to hearing from you. There are lots of different ways, and you know what they are, to to contact me. I really hope that you'll contact me and let me know. Those of you that are watching this on, on Facebook, you know, just make a comment and let me know what God is saying to you, how you're experiencing this mystic mystery of life of oneness in Christ. See you all next time, everybody. Love you all. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.